Hey, it's Beth here, episode 343. I want to talk about Robin Williams and why he did it, but first I just want to talk about the nice things about him. So, he was raised, his father was a big executive. He was raised in like Chicago and Detroit and he went to fancy schools. Finally, when his dad retired when he was 16, he went to California. He, that was perfect for him. And he was voted class clown and least likely to succeed. And it was perfect. And then he went to college for five minutes. I couldn't stand it. But then an amazing thing happened. He, I mean, he went to junior colleges just to appease his dad, but he was miserable. And for some reason, he, he tried to get into Juilliard and won one of the 20 prestigious scholarships they give every, every year. Christopher Reeves got another one and they became fast friends. But the guy who did it for him is John Houseman, that guy who won the Oscar for um, Dead Poet Society. Kind of seems like a stiff, but um, he gave it to him because he saw something in him. And what he saw wasn't what he got because he got to Juilliard, he never shut up. He was really funny. And he got this, um, every time he was nervous or upset, he would be funny. And that's how he got through his childhood. His dad was kind of tough on him. And if he could make his mom laugh, that was all there was to it. That was great. And the parents both worked very hard on preserving their upper crust stupidity. So the only happiness he really had in his childhood was making his mother laugh. Well, John Houseman was just like his mother and father. And so he tried to make him laugh. And Christopher Reeve and John Houseman said they had never seen anyone with more energy. And so John got pretty fed up with it. And he put him in a play to see what he was made of or to get rid of him. And it was a Tennessee Williams play, very straight role. And Robin Williams aced it. Both Christopher Reeves, his best friend at school, and John Houseman used the word astonished. So this is quite an amazing guy. He stayed for another year and finally John Houseman said to him, I'm not trying to insult you, but there's nothing else the school can do for you. You need to go out and fly. So he left and he stayed a little bit in New York, but went to California, which was a better fit for his personality, he felt and he got little roles on Happy Days, and then finally he got Mark and Mindy. And actually, Mindy went on to marry Mark Hamill, who's on NCIS, which I think is cute, and they're still married. Okay, so that was the beginning. And then he played clubs. But he started to do some drugs about now, and that was bad. He started a relationship with Lorraine Boozler, who was a pretty funny comedian back in the day. This goes way back in the day. And he also became very close friends with Jim Bellucci. And uh, that kind of did the Lorraine Boosler romance. Uh, it, he was too much. He got way too into drugs. And he was actually there the night that Jim Bellucci died. And he didn't stay because that Kathy person that was like his drug dealer um, made him so uncomfortable that he had to leave. But when he found out about this, he was so completely crushed that it sort of ruined his ability to work. And he found a love that he had many years before Elaine, and they got married. 
and they had a baby named Zachary and he stopped doing drugs for Zachary's sake and John's sake. And he stayed sober and he got an awful lot done. Got him out of his deep depression and he knew the secret to life. So when Christopher Reeves had his terrible accident, Robin Williams knew just what to do. He never left him alone and he couldn't get him to laugh. Nothing worked. And so what he did was he got dressed up like a Russian doctor, fooled Christopher Reeves completely. Of course, he was on big drugs because he was still in the hospital. And he started to do a rectal exam on him. I mean, he, he had a huge glove that was enormous, like clown size. And he was, and he put it right in front of his face and then was going, you know, to where we were going. And Christopher laughed and he laughed for a half an hour. And he told Robin, you saved my life. He did the same thing for Steven Spielberg on the movie um, Captain Hook because Steven Spielberg knew it wasn't going to be a big success. One of the big problems on the set, you will not believe this, was Julia Roberts. She was only 23. She just finished Pretty Women and Mystic Pizza and she was a big star. But she had just broken up with Kiefer Sutherland, who she said was the love of her life. And they were engaged to be married. It was all over the papers because he started having a very serious affair with a very, 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 very exotic dancer. She comes on the set. She's impossible to work with. The crew, the crew called her Tinker Hell. When's Tinker Hell showing up? Everybody avoided her. Her performance was terrible. Stephen was so depressed that he, every day Robin Williams would have to go into his little trailer, tell him a few jokes to get him to come on out. So he did have a way about him. And he tried to keep people from being depressed. When he did Aladdin, there was this new technique where you would record your voice and it, it helped with the um, animation. So he did it, but he took much less money for that movie because he said, I do not want to be involved in selling any products to children. I think prices are too high and I think it's so unfair. Disney used this against him and put his voice in products and it was really hard to sue Disney because it was the mouse that roared and they had so much money. But he went up against him and he tried and he sued them and they tried to placate him. You won't believe this with a Picasso painting. The one where Picasso makes himself look like, um, oh my gosh, I'm just blocking his name. You know, the guy who cut off his ear. Um, oh my gosh, you know the one, um, Starry Starry Night. Anyway, it's it was an, a priceless painting. Didn't work, Robin wouldn't settle for anything. He wanted just what he wanted. So that went on for years and years and years and he handled the pressure and he didn't get depressed. He, in Miss, Miss Doubtfire, he wanted to use the method system. He was still sober trying to do the method system and he couldn't get it right. He couldn't make himself Mrs. Doubtfire and he would practice every day for hours, like 10 hours. And he thought that the only way I will be sure that I can do this is if he could go into a sex shop, 
dressed as Mrs. Doubtfire and buy a product without somebody figuring out who he is. And he didn't do it in Des Moines. He did it in LA where everybody's looking for somebody. And finally, he went into a sex shop and he got some kind of a perfume gel or lube or whatever they call it. And the day that he did that, he brought it back to the set. Everybody was crying with happiness because they could start shooting the movie. With Goodwill Hunting, he did the same thing. Those two boys, you know, were very nervous about making the movie. Matthew and, um, oh my gosh, you know, the gorgeous one who's with Jennifer Lopez. Okay, those two guys. They were very nervous about making the movie and the movie wasn't holding together. So he improvised a lot for the movie in all of his scenes. And he came up with that touching scene. It doesn't sound touching, but it is. Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Okay, I've got that one. I wish I could remember the artist, but I'll think about it. Okay, so um, the scene where Matt is at the therapist and he meets this perfect girl and he doesn't want to know her because he wants her to remain, remain perfect. And he's sitting in his chair, Robin, and he tells that story about his wife who is now gone. Um, she used to fart in her sleep. I don't know why this was funny, but it was touching. And she also, she laughed too loud. And, she, and he never, she would wake herself up and wake the dog up. And he never, and she'd wake up and she'd say, was that you? And he'd say, of course it was me. And he never let her know that it was her. But he said those idiosyncrasies, those flaws are what make, make people love each other. And that was basically the heart of that movie. And for a lot of screenwriters, that is the best written scene ever. Because Matt Damon, you can see it in his eyes, he understands everything about life from that little improv that Robin just came up with from the top of his head. So this is the guy. And then of course he started doing, so what happened was he started getting paranoid and insomnia and he started drinking again and he lost his second wife over it. And finally, when he got his third wife, who he got, he gets wives very quickly, um, before he was even divorced from his second wife, she said, I think there's something wrong with you. Their marriage was very short-lived and she really did love him. And she said, we're going to the doctor. So they went to the doctor and nobody could figure out what was wrong with him. He, they, every, a lot of people thought he was mentally ill. And then finally someone came up with a Parkinson's disease. That was what they said he had. And it was just, you know, Michael J. Fox has Parkinson's disease. He wasn't hallucinating. He didn't have insomnia. He wasn't paranoid. And it was getting worse and worse. And so that was not satisfactory. And he just got worse and worse and more, and, and he had to sleep in a separate room because his insomnia was terrible. His paranoia was driving him crazy. And his hallucinations were, he said, hell on earth. And the doctors just said, you have Parkinson's. And he, he felt like he wasn't handling his disease well. And that he was impossible to live with and it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And so he killed himself. Afterwards, the wife said, I want an autopsy done. I just don't understand what happened to my husband. 
something else is happening. Well, she was right. Because the autopsy came up with this thing that if he'd only known, he had another disease called Lewy Body's disease, and that's the disease he had. This one is horrible. And they found in his brain a massive, massive amount of abnormal particles. These particles attach to the brain and the brain stem, and they take you away from yourself, and they give you insomnia, paranoia, hallucinations, ticks, just everything that's crazy. So his wife has made it a goal because she feels like if he'd only been given the correct diagnosis, this makes me want to cry, he would have understood that it was out of his control. Because everybody was saying, oh, you have Parkinson's, but you can control the hallucinations. You can control your insomnia. Take this drug, do this. His brain was being eaten by this Lewy body's disease that can take 20 years. And it is progressive, slowly, slowly progressive to make you feel like you're losing your mind, like it's all mental. So she has gone on this quest, but I haven't seen anything about it. I mean, it was very hard to find. Like looking up Robin Williams, this was not the first thing that came up. Suicide comes up, but the whole story behind it doesn't come up. And I just thought, I just thought there's more to it. I don't know why. I just couldn't believe that that is why he would kill himself. But this Lewy body's disease, what it does to you and, and it, the progression, it's just macabre. It's like a horror movie. I can understand how he felt so alone. And his symptoms, the manifestation of him was so off over the top. And people were thinking he also was mentally ill. And it was also depression. And it was also all these manic depression, whatever. You know, bipolar, they threw everything at him. But really, he had no control over it. And they thought he did. They thought he, it could be going so much better if you just sleep right, if you just eat right, if you just blah, blah, blah. But his wife knew. But she is so sad that she couldn't have told him because he would have relaxed. And she would have relaxed. The children, the whole family would have had more empathy for him. And he would have had empathy for himself if he'd understood that he had this huge disease. Louis Body's disease. It just destroys the brain and the brainstem. But he had a massive amount. If he'd only known that, he could have just relaxed into it out of your control. Everybody would have felt sorry for him. He would have felt sorry for himself. But meanwhile, he's thinking he's got this other thing that is negotiable and he's not negotiating it. And that's why he killed himself. So I just wanted you to know that. And maybe we should tell people about Louis body disease. You know, if anybody ever talks about Robin Williams, you tell him the story. He was up against the unknown. And it's just awful, absolutely awful. He was exhausted. He had not a moment's peace. Just not one moment's peace, that's what his wife said. And there was no drug that could help him because his brain and his brain stem were being eaten. There's no drug that, that can help you. So that's what happened to him. And he just couldn't get 
he couldn't get anything. He couldn't, he couldn't get one moment. And that's why he did it. He was driven to it. So just tell people that. I mean, his legacy is kind of ruined. It's not his fault. He could fight things, and he did fight things, and he really fought depression. And he fought depression for all of his friends. I mean, he did whatever he could to help people feel better. So he gave money to food banks. He was a nice guy. He listened to people who were upset, and he tried to make their day better. When Steven Spielberg was filming Schindler's List, he was depressed every single day because it was such a depressing movie. Robin Williams called him up every day and gave him a joke and said, now get up and go fight him. And he would. He never failed him. He was a big force against depression. But he just got outmatched and he didn't know what it was. So I just can't believe all the money in the world. And they couldn't have figured it out to save him, to just let him feel better. So anyway, just wanted you to know and tell people Robin Williams was great. And he, he tried to be sane. He's one of my heroes. He had a lot of problems, but he tried to be sane. And he tried to help other people be sane. And he tried to be happy. And he really, really tried to make other people happy. And he made a lot of people happy. So his legacy just shouldn't go un, unfinished. That's an unfinished story. When they just say he committed suicide. It's unfinished by by what he was up against. So anyway, I want you to stay sane. I want to stay sane and I want Robin Williams to get his just desserts. He deserves people to know the whole story. Thanks. Bye-bye.